Thanks for joining us for Life Community Church. You know, last week, we've been in this series about wisdom, and last week, Dan talked about, you know, the, the influence, you know, that uh, we seek, right? The, the influence that's coming at us, and when we choose Jesus's influence for our life, we are building our house on a rock. It's, it's a strong foundation, the influence and wisdom of Jesus. And when we ignore that, and we look to other things, it's like our foundation is built on sand, right? And the reason we're looking to Jesus is because he is actually the source of wisdom. And Colossians 2.3 tells us this. It says, in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In him lie all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus is our source. We have to go to him again and again and again to just like align our hearts and mind with his wisdom. And we can do that because his spirit is living in us as a follower of Jesus and we have the mind of Christ. We're united with Jesus. And so we, we get to live his life here on earth. So I have a question for you. When you wake up each day, what do you seek to do and be? When you wake up each day, what do you seek to do and be? Now, I know that's like a, that's a big question. That's a loaded question. You maybe, not, you maybe don't think that, right? But you sure act it out, whether you're consciously thinking of it or not. And, you know, you might think like, like the world, I think, says, just try to be kind, right? Just try to go through your day being kind, not offending anybody, right? That's kind of like you're making it. If you can just go through your day seeking and being kind. Well, I think there's, there's more to just that in life. Sometimes we might just wake up and seek and be on autopilot, right? You're just hoping to just have a, a comfortable day, you know, without much trouble. You just try to make it through the morning routine and coffee and going to work breaking for lunch, you know, going through the grind of the afternoon, trying to not fall asleep at 3 p.m., maybe having a second cup of coffee, right? Come home, eat, maybe watch some TV, go to bed, start again. I mean, that's a life on autopilot, right? Sometimes what I personally seek to do and be every day is just to be patient with my family, right? Be patient with my kids. Try to notice my own reactions and try to minimize that kind of reactive way of living, right? Because I have little children and I have to be real present each day to be patient and loving and try to, okay, God, how do I parent this situation? Because the situations happen literally all day long in the summer, you know, when we're, <laughs> they're here. Um, but Jesus gives us a picture of what it means to live life in the kingdom, to live life with him every day. He says, you know what you need to seek and be each day? It's the kingdom of God. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So if our days are supposed to reflect um, seeking the kingdom of God, what, is, what does that really look like? <clears throat> well, he 
has this famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, and it's called that because, you know, he goes up on this mountainside, and there's this crowd of people, and he, he's speaking to this crowd on a mountainside, so it's called the Sermon on the Mount, and he's addressing these crowds, and, you know, this is early on in his ministry, um, and, you know, Matthew kind of gives us this snapshot right before the Sermon on the Mount of, of kind of the inauguration of Jesus' ministry. This is what it looked like for Jesus to live and minister on this earth. This is what it says right before his sermon. It says, From there he went all over Galilee, and he used synagogues for meeting places and taught people the truth of God. God's kingdom was his theme, that beginning right now, they were under God's government, a good government. He also healed people of their diseases and of the bad effects of their bad lives. Word got around the entire Roman province of Syria, and, and people brought anybody with a sickness, whether mental, emotional, or physical. And Jesus healed them, one and all. More and more people came, and the momentum gathering. So besides those from Galilee, crowds from the ten towns across the lake, others from Jerusalem and Judea, and still others from across the Jordan. So here is gathering people and people and people and more people. And so Jesus goes up to this mountainside to teach the crowds because they've heard of this ministry that he's, he's proclaiming what it means now that God has come through him and he's showing the works of the kingdom by healing people of every affliction. Their lives are being made whole. The kingdom has come in the present age now through Jesus. So this anticipation of, of Jews and religious people of, okay, what's the future going to be like when God is in control? The future of heaven has now come into the present, and we get to experience the blessings of the future now. Healing, emotional, physical, and the truth of God's kingdom. And so he's up there on this mountainside, and he kind of gives this wisdom discourse, if you will, this speech, right? And it's the longest kind of unified speech we have in, in Scripture that Jesus taught. And so this, this is what he says from the message translation. It says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, Jesus is speaking these things, and I think that the sermon went on for much longer, but this is kind of the summarized meat of it. And really, he's inviting us to what does it look like to have a mindset in the kingdom? 
What does it look like to be Jesus people in this world? We have to act and think differently. The, you know, the word blessing in the Greek here, that's repeated over and over again, it, it means something like incredible fortune, favored, or godlike. And so Jesus is teaching these astounding statements kind of in direct contrast to the world, right? The world says, you know who's blessed? People that have it all together, right? And not much has changed since the time of Jesus. We would say that too. Who's like most admired in this world? Oh, people that have their stuff together. People that are successful, right? People that are smart, attractive, powerful. Those same people back in Jesus' day were thought to be the blessed people, right? Poor, sad, suffering people were thought to be cursed. Now, I would say we might not think of people that are down and out as cursed, but we would think of them as unfortunate, right? If you don't have your stuff together, that's, you know, that's unfortunate. You should work harder. You should really get your stuff together, right? You should really figure that out. Maybe read some self-help books, you know? Get it, get it together, you know? And God is, Jesus is saying, no. You know what? My blessings, my care, my identity is available for all people. You don't have to have it together. And in fact, these invitations, these mindsets, these postures, God's spirit kind of comes and moves more powerfully when these are our postures because it's the posture and heartbeat of the kingdom. People live like this in the kingdom of God. And they're kind of like active participations with the Spirit and God's grace because all these postures are not natural instincts for us as people, right? Our natural instincts is to, you know, uh, be successful, you know, top-down power, move people aside, you know, like all these different ways of acting come more instinctively. And so these ways of acting, this posture of mourning, this posture of, of peace, right? A posture of laying ourselves down under Jesus, that is a, a participation with God's spirit to live like that. It's ways of living Jesus' wisdom beyond our human strength and capabilities. You know, <clears throat> living under God's blessing is different than just being happy all the time, right? These statements aren't ways to just be happy, right? That's our world, right? Um, pursue happiness. That's our mindset, right? Just pursue happiness. Do whatever it is that makes you happy. But, but Jesus is saying these statements these invitations aren't necessarily a life of happiness, but they are a, a wealth of well-being in God, all right? Now, you're probably blessed to have a home, right? You have a, a house you live under with a roof. You're blessed to have a place to live. I'm blessed with my 
home. Um, the way it came about is a blessing I will tell to the end of time. But it isn't always that my house makes me happy every day, right? Or living every day in my house is a happy day. In fact, um, a few weeks ago, when it was that kind of second surge of the 90s, uh, the heat wave, right? Our air conditioning went out. It's always on the hottest days, right? And Dan called uh, a company to come out and take a look at it. And it was going to be several days before they came out. And, you know, we were like, okay, okay. Well, as the hours and the days go by, my grumpiness level is rising from here to here to here, you know. It's hot. We got kids. It's just like, it's miserable. And so finally, you know, I'm seeking some relief at the library. Their air conditioning is very cold there. And as my kids are, are playing, I said, I, I'm not waiting another day, okay? I'm going through all the list of Champaign-Urbana's heating and air conditioning people. And who is going to come out here fastest is going to get my business. So I'm just going through the list, you know, making appointments with everyone, trying to keep mental notes of who I have to cancel when they do come. And finally, someone comes out that day. And I think, oh, we're going to have relief. And they work on it for a few hours. And no relief, it needs to be replaced. And, you know, to be replaced means, oh, now it's like at least another week and a half before that scenario uh, resolves. Thankfully, we remembered that, oh, we have a window unit in our extra garage that we aren't using, you know? Well, it's our, my treadmill room. But we, can, we moved it from the living room to our bedroom to the living room to the bedroom to survive the next uh, week and a half before the air conditioning was fully replaced. And um, it, was, it was a rough two weeks. And I was not necessarily happy by the maintenance that my home required and my savings account required, right, to make my home cool and comfortable again. But I will tell you that I am so blessed to have my home. Not every scenario we encounter is going to be happy. There's things that go wrong. There's, there's things that we have to fix. And sometimes it feels like all at once our oven went out and Dan had to fix that. And, you know, it just feels like, oh, the next thing and the next thing. But I am so blessed to live in my home. God kind of did a miracle even just to get us our home. Um, when we first moved here two years ago, it's actually getting close to exactly two years ago, uh, you know, we lived in these apartments over here, and it was a two-bedroom. It was tight <laughs> with our family. And the way that our house came about was a, is a miracle to me because there was nothing available at the time, and houses were going the day that it came on the market, and we got to um, have ours off-market. And even just the details of things in my home are a blessing from the Lord, the way I, I wanted this or this was particular. You know, there's so many blessings, and I find great joy and contentment in the Lord in my home. So, you know, the first invitation of this sermon, I'm going to read it. <clears throat> God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, this invitation, there's all, there's all these places in our lives that we feel lack at times. 
right? Sometimes it is physical things, material things. Sometimes it's emotional or relational kind of lack. You know, we experience disappointment and we struggle and we get sick and we can be pained by our vulnerabilities. And when we're in a place of lack, whether consciously or unconsciously, we end up like just grasping at things around us and in the world, right? We, we grasp at things to give us um, moments of comfort, right? Moments of relief, uh, pleasure, whatever it is, we, we grasp. We don't like to feel poor and needy. That's not a comfortable feeling. And so we, we grasp at whatever and we hold it tight, you know, to protect that, that insulating of ourselves for our own well-being. And if you just hold yourself like this for a minute in that grasping position, what does it feel like in your body? It's, it's tight, right? I'm going to have to go to the chiropractor pretty soon, okay? <laughs> And uh, my, my muscles are tight and I'm stressed. My, my chest is tight. My shoulder is all contorted. And, and Jesus is saying, you know what? In the kingdom of God, I invite you into different postures. And they're going to be uncomfortable because the world tells you to live like this. And in the kingdom of God... Jesus says, you know what? There's no thing or lack that is going to separate you from the wealth of my well-being for you. God knows what you need, and he's going to fill you up with the deep desire that you actually need, not, even, not those like quick desires that we hold on to. But God is going to come and bless you with himself. And to, to live that invitation, to live that posture is one of like this, open hands and surrender. That's our, our famous posture at the end when we are uh, receiving prayer or listening to the Holy Spirit. It's one of receiving, of trusting. That's what it looks like to be people that live in the kingdom. So to finish, I'm going to reread this list kind of paraphrased a little bit with, with the help of the message translation and the amplified translation. And I want you to just listen to one that grabs your attention, either as an invitation or a challenge, but just, just listen as the, I read these paraphrased. Blessed are those at the end of their rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Blessed are those who mourn, who do not turn away from pain and sin, but bring it to Jesus, for he will comfort them. Blessed are those who are gentle and self-controlled, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who actively seek right standing and right identity in God, for they will be completely satisfied in God. Blessed are those who show mercy and care, for you will also receive mercy and be cared for. Blessed are those who have an inner hunger for God and act with godly character, for you will see God. Blessed are those who make and maintain peace 
for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who commit to, who, whose commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. These ways of living, they're not natural, right? But someday, they will be natural. God is coming back. Jesus is coming back, and he is going to take the full reign of the earth, and this will be our life. But right now, we're in this grind of living these two parallel universes of God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. And these are the invitations and postures we're called to live in the unseen reality of the kingdom. So my call to action is reread, you know, kind of marinate in this uh, passage this week. And, and you can read it in the amplified version or the message version. They kind of give this more, like, they kind of elaborate it a little bit more. And, and look at what invitation God's Spirit is highlighting to you the posture that he is calling you to to live out. You know, it might be some discontentment you need to bring to Jesus or or, uh, bringing him your your sin and your brokenness, not grasping on to things to kind of comfort you from that, but let God comfort you. Maybe you need to be reminded of your great worth in God. Or maybe there's a continuing situation that's difficult and you're still called to to be the peacemaker. Whatever posture you need to embrace, Jesus offers his radical love for you. And he, he invites us to embrace this posture, fully trusting the Father to live these things out. So I'm going to ask Bridget to come on up. And this morning, uh, it's the first Sunday of the month, so after our first song, I'll be back up here, and we will have communion this morning. Um, So right now I'll pray us to close as we enter into worship. God, thank you for bringing your kingdom. Jesus, thank you for ministering the way you did and showing us the life that is possible as we are united with you. I pray that right now we would fix our eyes and our gaze on you and Holy Spirit that you would be here as we worship. And we love you. Amen. At Life Community Church, we want you to experience the powerful, life-changing love of God. To learn more, go to lifemohammed.org lifemohammed.org